Hi, this is Darren from HEJ.tax, and I'm back in Singapore because normally, uh, you know, I, I travel around a lot. So, but, you know, it's December, there's a lot going on in Singapore. So, and this marks my 10th year. So I'm coming on 10 years in Singapore, a place that I love and I, I call my home. And unsurprisingly, most of our clients are in Singapore. And uh, on a daily basis, we get most of our inquiries from Singapore. So uh, on our online platforms, because we publish on published content on several platforms, we get probably dozens, sometimes as much as 70, 80 inquiries per day. So it gets uh, pretty intense sometimes, but we don't mind that. That's why we're here. Now, what prompted me to do this video is that we get quite a few inquiries about crypto, obviously, but in crypto in general, but in particular, with taxes on withdrawal of crypto. So if you want to withdraw from an exchange or you want to withdraw from some sort of project, uh, sometimes taxes may or may not be due, depending on the nature of, of the structure, right? We have a pretty comprehensive article on our website, hg.tax, on crypto tax in Singapore. So have a look at hg.tax. We have over 2,000 articles and over 1,000 videos that may be of interest to you as you navigate the sometimes confusing world of offshore or cross-border tax. Now, let's let's talk about crypto in Singapore in, in general, right? So it gets it can get pretty involved, especially when you get into sales tax or GST or goods and services tax, as they, they're called here in, in Singapore. But basically, there is the point of view that the Inland Revenue Authority of Singapore, IRS, hasn't exactly been crystal clear on some aspects of crypto taxation. But having said that, the basics would be businesses that buy and sell crypto in the ordinary course of their business, that'll be taxed uh, as profit is. So it, it's considered a trading activity and it'll, the, the, the profit derived therefrom after whatever your expenses that would be. Wholly and exclusively, as per, I think is paragraph 14, deductions allowed, of the 1947 Income Tax Act of Singapore. Then there are businesses that, that mine and trade in exchange for money, right? So mining and, and trading. Those are also subject to tax. Again, if it's a business, it's trading, it's business profit tax. Now, businesses that buy currencies, businesses and individuals that buy currencies and they hold them for a long time for investment purposes. In Singapore, capital gains taxes are tax-free. Capital gain, there are no capital gains taxes, sorry. There are no capital gains taxes, generally speaking. There are no capital gains taxes in, in Singapore. And that applies to crypto as well. So this is where it gets a bit convoluted because then the question becomes, well, you know, I'm involved as an individual via business and I'm doing some sort of activity involving crypto. Is it taxable or not? That really de depends on whether the activity is being viewed as an investment, in which case the sales, and if there's a, uh, a liquidity event or there's a, you sell it, and that that it, that structure can be construed as capital gains then you're right it's not going to be subject to capital gains otherwise it is business profit and therefore taxable so there's a whole lot of debate over whether certain structures or certain activities are uh capital in nature or trading in nature and then we, for that you get to something called badges of trade which you know singapore being a common law jurisdiction they rely on english common law so out of the business law in england and wales there's a concept of that's derived over time. So there's not like a law that says, here's the badges of trade law. So when you review case law over several decades, you get a sense for what HMRC, His Majesty Revenues Customs in the UK, and therefore uh, it's that, that sets a precedent for other common law jurisdictions like Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Caribbean, parts of Africa. So that 
helps us understand the distinction between a trading activity and uh, an investment activity for which the, the gains will be uh, considered capital gains as, as opposed to trading profit. So you can have, you can Google, you can have a look online and there's a lot of articles written on badges of trade, but essentially you're looking at factors such as the purpose of the activity, the frequency of the transactions, the holding period and, and other, and other indices as well. So that will help you understand whether something is capital in nature or, you know, it's a, trading in nature, trading profit, or trading activity, and therefore be a chance of calling. So that's the main controversy that we see on a day-to-day -day basis, generally speaking. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. We get several inquiries per week, mostly uh, from people invested in projects or in exchanges, supposedly in Singapore, but also we get stuff out of uh, Malaysia and Hong Kong as well, asking, okay, I have a made profit in whatever it is, and I'm seeking to withdraw it. And now they're telling me that I need to pay taxes. Taxes need to be withheld 30%, 20%. We have varying amounts before they can be withdrawn and returned to them. The, the, the original investment plus the return, uh, before it can be returned to them, this person, the investor or the whoever, needs to put more money in. They need to put in more crypto or more cash to pay this tax before they get it out. And we get this all the time. Now, you know, I, I don't, it's dangerous because, you know, we're licensed, so we, we don't, you know, don't want to say anything that will be viewed as uh, inappropriate. But I would look upon these requests with some degree of suspicion. What I would do is I would ask the the exchange in question, if it's in Singapore, okay, can I see the documentation from IRS, the Inland Revenue Authority of Singapore, specifically requesting that any withdrawals be subject to withholding and that such withholding cannot be satisfied from the funds already in the account that I will need to supply additional funds. So just ask to see it. Uh, some sort of documentation because they're purporting to collect taxes on behalf of the Inland Revenue Authority of Singapore. So you know, they should have something that attests to that. If they struggle, I've seen, I've, so we've, we've told people who come in with inquiries. I'm sorry, I can't reply to every inquiry that comes in like this. So that's why I'm doing this video. So um, once in a while we do reply and say, we'll ask them for the documentation. And what they do is they just send an email or something like that. No, they need, you need to see some sort of formal documentation. And what you can do alternatively is you can contact IRS directly, the Inland Revenue Authority of Singapore. For those in the US, it is no, dealing with the, I, I, dealing with IRS in Singapore is no way Near, like dealing with the IRS in the United States. So in the IRS in the, in the US, they, they're known to answer less than 10% of the calls. There's no way of emailing them. Singapore is, of course, one of the best run countries in the world. So their tax office is incredibly efficient. You can, you can under certain circumstances, you can call, or when you do email, <laughs> they actually respond. They actually respond, and they respond in a timely manner as well. So if there's a business that's registered in Singapore and they're purporting to collect funds on behalf of the Singapore government and you have a funny feeling and they can't provide any evidence to substantiate this, you, you feel free to reach out to the tax office in Singapore directly and, and they'll provide some sort of guidance. Uh, so, so that's one way of dealing with it. And for those in Malaysia or for those who've invested in exchanges in Malaysia, you can reach out to the IRB. So the Revenue Board in, in Malaysia or the IRD, so, you know, the Revenue Department in Hong Kong, if, if your investment is into Hong Kong. So I hope that helps. We're not saying that 
anything it's a scam or anything it's inappropriate what we are saying is that you're perfectly within your rights as an investor as a uh, a depositor as a potential taxpayer to reach out to the relevant authorities directly to get some sort of guidance as to whether the request that is being made upon you is 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 true and fair and, and that's all. So hope that helps. Again, uh, have a look at our website, hud.tax. We have over 2,000 articles and we have over 1,000 videos on all things offshore international tax. Have a great day ahead. Bye-bye. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.